So let's start with the first short contemplation on the certainty of death and the uncertainty of the time of death. So let's take a few moments to reconnect with the present moment, with the body, with uh, what you bring with you into this moment, allowing again the shift from the head into the spacious aliveness of your body. And the breath is an ally. If it's possible to have a sense of appreciation towards the aliveness of this moment. I'm breathing, I'm alive. And I'm here in the temple, the physical temple here, but also the people enjoying online. which is infused by the presence of the Buddha and the Dalai Lama. I'm breathing, I'm alive. There's awareness. Something extraordinary is happening. This aliveness, presence, hearing, feeling, thinking, past exists only in thoughts, the future exists only in thoughts. And stay close and do nothing. So death is certain, your death is certain. This body will die. Your personality, your name, your memories, your friendships, your knowledge, All that will dissolve. We don't know when. Maybe tonight. Maybe tomorrow. Nothing can protect you from death. That which is important to you right now very soon will be insignificant. And knowing that what you think you are, will die soon. What is important? And try to go towards that which is important, not so much through stories, 
So maybe there's some words, some stories. But try to experience what is important to you. What does really matter? No. Something which is available right now, because you don't know if there will be a tomorrow. What is important? Allow your heart to go there. In thoughts and memories, there seem to be a lot of things which are important right now in your life. Your relationship, your job, your health, your fitness. But is there something deeper, knowing that all of that you are going to lose soon? Death is certain and the time of death is uncertain. What is important? What is your song? What is your authentic self? Imagine you could look through all the layers of what you think you are, your past, your future, your fantasies, your judgments. Imagine you can sing through all these layers of the conceptual mind. It's all thoughts. Can you see that? It's all thoughts. Nothing of that you can take with you. Not the good memories, not the bad memories. All that will dissolve. Like butter in the sun. If you let go of the expectation that you're going to be alive in this body tomorrow, what does it do with this moment? This moment which is all there is. What is really important to you? And try not to tell a long story. Just a word, just a sentence, something simple. And then go there. Let your heart go there, your whole being. Death is certain. Your death is certain. And the time of death is uncertain.
and then you rest. With each moment, with each breath, with each, each sound, each feeling, you come closer to death, to the death of what you think you are, to the dissolution of all the things which are important. from the point of view of the narrative self. Is there something else? You're not able to put it into words. But is there something else? Something which wants to emerge through you. So I'm going to repeat, I think, again and again this weekend, stay close and do nothing. And I already said that important, important part of that is that you find yourself the willingness to, to stay close. It's a counter-instinctual movement. So our instinctual reaction towards difficult feelings is run. Don't look, don't feel, don't touch. Strong habits of that within us. Not only do we need the intention, which needs to be supported also by understanding why would that, that movement be wholesome, 
the movement of feeling your feelings, embracing your feelings, being with life as it is. Why would that be wholesome? Why would it? Why would that be something you would commit yourself to? Why would you commit to a loyalty towards your feelings? And then we not in, we not only need to to do to have that intention, we also need to explore skills, capacities uh, to be with our feelings as intimate as possible without being overwhelmed by them. And that's something we can explore in meditation, that capacity. To be with our feelings, meaning to be with any kind of situation in our life without being overwhelmed by it. To be in any kind of situation without needing to without needing to escape. And uh, the frame of the ritual of meditation uh, can help us to discover that capacity, to discover that feelings are not dangerous, they are not poison, they are feelings. And we are human beings and we have feelings. It's part of the package. So Buddhist practice is not about not having feelings. We are learning capacities to be with feelings in a different way, starting with our own feelings, and then being able to bring that capacity into our relationships. And I, I would like to repeat this sentence and kind of flesh it out also. Yeah? So what does it mean? How does it feel to stay close? How does it, what does it mean? What has to happen within us to be able to stay close with ourselves so that we can be close to others? And then also to flesh out what, what does this not doing anything, to do nothing, what does it mean? And I want to repeat that sentence throughout the weekend because sometimes, or maybe always, often these kind of situations which seems to overwhelm us, for example, someone has an accident, someone we love, in a situation like that, we need something simple, something very close, something we remember. Because we, we, then we don't have the time and the capacity to read a book on 
how to prepare for death or how to handle difficult emotions or how to be in a in a situation of overwhelm we need something very very precise and something we have become familiar with something we have trained something which becomes maybe at one point actually automatic stay close and do nothing it's obvious that or obvious i don't know after some exploration that the most precious medicine we can offer ourselves and others is to be a loving witness so to be a loving witness so the the not doing to not do anything doesn't mean that we become passive but if we are a loving witness with that loving witnessing comes also a wisdom of the right gesture to do the right word to say it comes from a different place it doesn't become it doesn't come from the fixing controlling it comes from a from a deeper place a deep knowing this is so precious i i have been visiting some some fellow practitioners during that that time of dying I have of course a lot of knowledge about the death process and different practices you can do uh, which I learned in the Tibetan tradition and I will also share some some of that stuff uh, but I was so uh, I was mainly supported and fortunately I always remembered to enter a situation like this not from an expert point of view but uh, as a fellow human being with the willingness to stay close and with the courage of not doing anything and then in that spacious witnessing and that loving witnessing i might say things or the other person might say things wisdom can reveal itself in loving witnessing how to how to nurture our capacity to be a loving witness a loving witness to our own inner life and a loving witness of someone in pain a loving witness of the situation we find ourselves now as a culture as as a as the human family
this practice of staying close and doing nothing. So doing nothing doesn't mean, I have to repeat it again, doing nothing doesn't mean that doesn't mean that we are not responding to the situation. So doing nothing here doesn't mean not to respond to the climate collapse. But it means to respond from, from a different place than our reactivity. A different place than from our fear. A different place than from our violence. So the, the, the doing nothing, uh, Ken McCloyd, in, uh, in his book, The Trackless Path, which I teach right now in Malmö, describes this practice like this. The truly surprising discovery is that, we, that when we stop trying to sort out the muddle, when we stop trying, when we are, when we stop trying to sort out the muddle, the muddle of the situation, the muddle of our own feelings. When we stop trying to sort it out, when we stop trying to change it, which in, in our exploration of the death process, our own death process and the death process of other people, is insane actually to try to change it. Because this is really the ultimate invitation to let go of the illusion of control. When we stop trying to make sense of it, when we stop struggling with what we experience and just experience it, I can't tell you how 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 grateful I am uh, for that kind of instructions. You know, so many so many situations. The last three years with my mother, she she has lung cancer and she has one crisis after another and really bizarre moments, which are like which could be overwhelming like panic, stay close and do nothing, pause, just a moment, witness, connect with, so connect with something, uh, something in me which is not panic, connect, connecting with the loving gaze, connecting with my capacity to give space to what is happening in me, in my mother, and in the whole situation. Now, trusting that my presence, my loving witnessing, is enough. And then listening waiting a little and then something in you knows what is the appropriate response 
So when we stop struggling with what we experience and just experience it, just experience it. Attraction, aversion and indifference to what we experience drop away. Attraction, aversion and indifference to what we experience drop away. And a space opens up. A space opens up. In that space we discover a possibility that we did not know was there and could not have imagined. In that space we discover a possibility that we did not know was there and could not have imagined. For some, the possibility is the possibility of a profound peace. There's a wonderful inquiry question here, which I'm using sometimes when I guide meditation. And that is the question, is peace here? Is peace here? Or how can I be more at peace with this? How can I be more at peace with this? A little bit more. How can I be more at peace with this. One beautiful practice here which I will go into is the practice of Tonglen. So Tonglen is a is a practice where we um, connect this gesture of being close with the in-breath. So it's like Stay close. This is what this is what is happening. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm experiencing right now. Stay close. So with the in-breath, it's a kind of it's a leaning in into what is. And then with the out breath to give relief, to give space. For some, the possibility is the possibility of a profound peace. For others, it is more a transparent clarity. For still others, it is a sense of oneness, of no separation. Whatever its tone, or however it arises, this is the priceless treasure we did not know was ours. This is the priceless treasure we did not know was ours. In other words, it is in knowing our own experience through and through that we discover the possibility of freedom. It is in knowing our own experience through and through that we discover the possibility of freedom. So one question for our 
practice uh, could be how can we, in our meditation practice, open that capacity to contain our experience without being overwhelmed by it, without getting lost in it. And uh, in our meditations now, some of those resources uh, were present. One of them is the posture, the meditation posture. Tomorrow I will talk a bit about that. In the meditation posture, which... uh, So the meditation posture becomes something which we assume, which we inhabit, not only when we sit in meditation. So the meditation posture becomes a posture in life, a posture of I'm here, a posture of being held by the earth. A posture of vulnerability. So one meditation, one instruction for the meditation posture is the front soft, the back strong. So that's something we discover in a meditation posture. An openness in our chest, a softness in the belly. And we can afford to be vulnerable and open because we feel the support of the back and the holding of the earth and gravity. Another resource to increase our capacity to be with what is, is the Sangha, meditating together. Realizing that opening to our difficult aspects, to our difficult feelings, is opening to common humanity, is opening to the struggles of humanity. And that we are not alone, that we are, that we are lovingly witnessing together And something, no, there is something in meditating together, particularly when we are physically together in a room. I mean, that's why you, you know, made the effort to come here tonight and didn't stay home in Zoom. It's also possible in Zoom, particularly with those people who have been sitting here in this room or together with me. So there is something, there is a field of support. So that's why in the Buddhist teachings, before we do a practice, we take refuge into the Buddha, but also into the teachings, but also into Sangha, the fellow travelers.
And then another resource which I also invited uh, into the meditation is uh, the, the presence of the Buddha, the presence of the Dalai Lama. So Buddha Dharma Sangha, they, they, be, they, they are like our allies in supporting us to discover that capacity of being intimate with what is happening in the present moment without getting, without getting lost in it. Stay close doesn't only mean that we have the willingness to touch what is, to be with ourselves, to be with our feelings. It also means that we look at it as a loving witness, that's one part, but we look at it with wisdom. So we start to see the transparency of our experience. We bring the wisdom of emptiness. And I will say something more about this. So it's not only the love, but we look at a situation, an inner and outer situation, which are, you can't really separate the inner and outer. We look at it with a vipassana view, with a way of looking at it which liberates us. Yeah? Any questions? I, I have enough now. Yeah. I mean, I don't have anything to say. Yeah. I think um, I was thinking about uh, you said, is peace here? Mm -hmm. And what it is? Uh, is that clarity? I was thinking about peace as uh, total relaxation, not fighting. Mm -hmm. Uh, or yeah. striving or uh, yes yeah, so when when you relax when you stop the struggle when you stop the fighting something opens up mm. okay. and that something which opens up might be uh, might be expressed if you want to share it or you want to describe it to another person with different words or different qualities. Mm. Different people would describe it differently. Mm. Yeah, for me, it's like peace and re totally relaxed. Is like yes. Same. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And that uh, relaxation, that peace, is available in any moment and we apparently disconnect from it through grasping, through struggle, through either wanting something else than what is happening or wanting to get rid of that which is happening. And in the death process, 
we lose the capacity. We lose the sense of the illusion of that we can control this process. It's like it's something which is out of control. In the same way, when you are present in the process of another person, you can't give that person advice. That person is not able to follow. Mm. Um, stay close and do nothing. Uh, I have an experience when I actually don't even move a finger, mm. nothing. Mm. Then something yes. shifts. Yes. So I do it with purpose. Yes. Uh, I can feel the the urge maybe to do something, but mm. I look yes. uh, and then it disappears. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's so it, it this move moving around is 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 um, the mind goes together with this. Yeah. And that's something we we purposeful we create the situation of meditation to to actually explore that possibility. I think about this. Uh, uh, the mind is is very creative of 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 this storytelling. Is what? It, the mind creates storytelling yeah. tales yes. all the time, yeah. and it's very fast to do it. Yes, and it it, it will really continue. Mm -hmm. And and it's uh, uh, to to uh, be aware of it, then then it be more relaxed. I feel it it be more. Yeah, not so much uh, going on. Yeah, so how to do that? To, to be aware. Yeah. Yeah, to be, to, 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 uh, in the meditation. meditation yeah. To, to see what's happened. Yes. And to be aware of it. Yes. Then it'd be more, what would be, it's more, it's like stopping the telling, the story. <laughs> I mean, it's like, mm. uh, it's, uh, yes. So, uh, to, to, to make, uh, to, to create uh, a support for that, what you're describing, for me, there's another uh, really, really precious um, instruction, which is, how does this feel in my body? Yeah. So, when I, like, when I am in connection with my mother, or in, an, in any other difficult situation, in any other difficult relationship, To, to assume 
this posture, what helps me is the question, how does this feel in my body? This situation, this moment. I have a question about the sadness. Yes. Because I, for example, my mom is still alive, of course, but sometimes I think if my mother passed away, I must be so devastated and sad. But then when I think about why I feel sad, because according to Buddha said, um, there's nothing to be born or reborn. Um, because what we are seeing, like you mentioned as well, is just our ideas. So if that's the truth, why she passed away, I still feel sad. Then I dig more into it. I feel like it's because I have attachment and selfishness. Mm. Because she passed, what, who will be like affected the most is me. Because I will losing her love, mm. her care, her attention. Mm. And that's why I would feel sad. So basically all the sadness is I made it up. It's also an idea in me that I also pushed on her. I'm not sure if this is logical or if it's true. But where does this sadness come from? It's from the attachment. That's right. But uh, what you... uh, What... What you could ask yourself is, are you telling a story now because you're afraid of sadness. Is that like your attempt to kind of uh, fix or get rid of or uh, an, an, a, a conceptual attempt not to feel your feelings? So from a point of view of a complete awakened person what you say is true yeah so that's uh, but uh, the question is what is my experience and and there's sadness and it's beautiful sadness is beautiful sadness and love they are twins, they come together, and uh, sadness is something, it's not something, something, uh, something poisoning or something, it is a feeling, it is an energy in the body. So, unless what you are now describe which is like a teaching something which one can understand doesn't is not your direct experience so like you 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 so direct experience means you see the things like that not through telling your you a story which might which might not be in accordance with with what your heart feels in this situation. And yes, maybe going through this story can give a different perspective. But here the question is more, how do you feel really? And 
how can we uh, before we uh, manifest Buddhahood live with the human experience Yes. I'm thinking about that being with somebody dying. Uh, I uh, I was with my aunt, uh, not at the moment when she died, but mm. the whole process. Mm. And um, at one time there, she was kind of not really there or worried and things like that and that. I made a comment and uh, which I realize now was more uh, I was not in tune with her mm. but uh, I was like, like having a story about the death process and what is going to happen yes. and yeah. thinking that I could support her there. Mm. Now she was a very strong character, so she <laughs> corrected me. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> mm. uh, which, of course, and it it is it was mm. so strong that when, when I when now that I was remembered this situation, mm. uh, I was really uh, yeah. Mm. She, she was so right about it, yeah. and uh, yeah. stayed on her in her. Process, yeah. Which, yes. uh, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, uh, this kind of stories you just told, you shared this story. Uh, I think it maybe it would be good tomorrow if we give some some space for that, because these stories, uh, like this life experience, they are really precious because. There is something in, I mean, the, these situations, they are so rich and so important and so precious. Uh, so. Unfortunately, I won't be here tomorrow. Yeah, yeah then it's good that you, that you told that story because yeah. this, uh, this story, I mean, what comes up for me is this, um, what I said in the beginning, maybe a little bit too strong, but I said, in this situation, there is no space for bullshit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and through bullshit, and, and, and then, of course, we make mistakes and, you know, and we put bullshit into the situation and uh, we, we have our defense mechanism and... Uh, uh, but... Uh, and that makes uh, these uh, these experiences so precious. It's 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 so real. A dying person doesn't have time for your bullshit. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. May we be all alive tomorrow. <laughs> so we can dedicate the. The merit to that, yes, so that we can all come together here again, also online. Please don't die. Uh, but of course.
If you die, we will make prayers for you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's one of the the functions of sangha. Yeah, is to uh, to uh, to help each other uh, through prayers.